five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA. And we're going to be talking about mail today and other things. So fasten your seatbelts and let's dig in. Over here, we've got something that can only be done on digital media. Okay, and I'm going to illustrate the issue with it. But let's watch it first, okay? So let's get going. Here it is. Watch what happens to this billboard when the sun sets. Okay? Oh, the sun sets. Here it is. Here's before sunset. And then this is a Tesco billboard. And then as the sun sets behind the bill, bull, bull, bulletin board, billboard, uh, all the plates get filled in with food. And this goes on until three hours after sun, after sunset. Okay? And what's the problem with it? On your screen, you can't see what's going on, right? You can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, I'm looking at, and and now we'll go over to the article about it. Okay, bingo. And um, close this up. Okay, Tesco runs Ramadan Boulevard that has empty plates until sundown. Really interesting. They also went to the trouble of picking billboards where the sun was setting behind the billboard, not in front of the billboard so that you could definitely see that it was sunset so that you got the timing right you get what's going on they also took the tr- trouble of making sure there were no beer ads or anything else like that running concurrently with the billboard cycling okay okay so as as ask says a clever use of digital billboard ask ask davich i think that's a pseudonym <laughs> but it's okay Anyway, very interesting lady. And um, then it turns into a feast. So they consulted on everything, including having no nail polish on the hands. What they forgot about is, if you step back 15 feet, you don't get what's going on. And so you've wasted all your money. Plus, Tesco is too little down here. You know, they really built it for somebody sitting at a desk with their with their head right next to the monitor, right? That's and so many billboards you see that. You're zipping by at 80 miles an hour. Yeah, 79. Okay, I watch it. And you're zipping by at 79 miles an hour and you think, "What was that?" No idea. You can't read it, you can't make sense of it. And what happened was it was built by committee like this one, and it is all unreadable. And you know, with a hundred plates here, this may be authentic, but if they would have just cropped it and said, okay, we're just going to show this many plates, you could have at least seen it happen. Can't see it happen. Okay, so if you're if you're doing a billboard ad, make sure to look at it, put it on a piece of paper, eight and a half by 11, stick it across the room and see if you can see what's about. You won't see this one. Okay, TikTok surpasses Snapchat as teens' favorite. Facebook and Twitter barely register. I don't know if that's exactly true, but anyway, Meta has a good reason to fear TikTok's hold. I've done a couple of a couple of sessions on TikTok. What people don't realize is that TikTok's TikTok has been designed around telling you telling TikTok what you're not interested in. Okay? When a video comes up for me with loud music and kids dancing, whoop, gone. Okay, with Instagram, you're scrolling by. 
it's not clear what you're pausing on or that your finger just let loose of the screen. Okay, with TikTok, it's really clear. The, the, they both use the same math, like I do, which was invented mainly in the 50s. But, but some techniques, some, some media, some design gives better input. And in general, it's better input when you tell me what you're not interested in. I'm much more likely to be able to figure out who's not going to buy a Bentley than I am to be able to sort out the very, very wealthy people who have the money and are or are not going to buy a Bentley. It's just really hard, okay? But it's not hard to figure out who's not going to buy a Bentley. That's a lot easier, okay? And that's partly why I beat most modeling companies when we set up the modeling tests well, okay? When we set them up in the real world. It's not about the lift. It's not about the gains chart. It's not about what the model tells you about which variables matter. It's about what happens in the real world. And if your modeling system doesn't have an interface that can tell you the stupid stuff that it's coming up with, that you can throw it away, you're out of luck. Okay, so TikTok is better at serving up stuff you're interested in because it pays attention to what you're not interested in. And I wish ESPN would figure that out. I wish they'd give me a I'm not interested in this. <laughs> so simple. And they've been, they, they so simple. Okay, uh, this is, you know, this is really a concern to me. Ogilvy, the agency, is not going to allow influencers who doll themselves up. So this girl apparently has kind of flat hair, a very pretty girl, but she enhances it with wavy hair and with bigger eyes and more coiffured eyebrows. Same thing with this one. They all, this one does, this one actually makes her eyes smaller, but much more mascara, but much better brows, uh, more color on the lips. This one has less color on the lips. I don't know where they're going with it. I'm not a teen fashion expert. But what bothers me the most here is that it is discrimination. You know, Ogilvy's going to say, well, if you are naturally beautiful, then you can be an influencer. But if you have to work at it a little bit, then you're not allowed to be an influencer. Well, how stupid is that, right? How stupid. When advertising is all about presenting things in the best light. I remember, um, <laughs> now I can't remember. Uh, the, it was an ad agency and you walk in and they had a bowl of apples. And it, and it said on there, the truth well told. The truth well told. I thought that was really good. So if you're like me and you know you wake up like this and everybody thinks you are a professional announcer and you get compliments on your voice, except when you're hoarse like this, you know, it's not fair to the rest of the world. They should be able to get a better microphone or somehow compete. It's not fair, right? So you're saying that these girls who want to doll themselves up can't because you're somehow this arbiter of beauty. And the bottom of the thing is really interesting. Uh, there's actually a beauty filter. They're going to apply ASA's beauty filter to test whether they're beautifying themselves you know are they allowed to wear makeup what if they did this with makeup instead of digitally this is a discrimination against digital enhancement my word but they're going to let you up the contrast or 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 the or adjust the brightness okay well, here's the bottom line clients want it the industry wants it 
influencers are generally happy with it. Yeah, they're beautiful. So why haven't we done this before? Well, the reason we haven't done it is it's not fair to the rest of us. It's not fair to the average person who can dial themselves up with digital filters. I bet you never looked at it that way. Okay, which brings me to Stephen Yu, who I should have devoted more time to, obviously, but we got some time. Okay, so online, offline customer profiles, bringing them to the real world. And what this really is is a, an apologetic for modeling. And you noticed I touched on modeling to set this up a little bit. Okay, precision targeting. When it comes to precision targeting, there's no substitute for modeling. And the argument he makes is pretty compelling. He says, first of all, he says, you know, what's our target? And you say affluent young millennials who are highly educated, environmentally conscious, and digitally savvy, savvy early adopters. Now, something like this interests you know, it's only going to work on Facebook where they tell you, oh, everybody we showed this to is environmentally conscious. I wonder how, if they put mine in there. You know, I have a Facebook page, <laughs> a little tongue-in-cheek. It's called Wisconsinites for Global Warming because, again, today it's cold and rainy. <laughs> and we would love to be the Palm Springs of the world. But anyway, <laughs> so am I environmentally conscious? You bet. Would I fit this profile? Well, no, for obvious reasons. I am highly educated. I'm digitally savvy. I'm an early adopter in some ways, but I'm not a young millennial. Okay, so we can rule me out. Anyway, but then you goes on to say, well, that's a wide range of millennials. You know, is it young and old millennials? Or maybe we should cut them in half. Or what about affluent? 100 grand per year? 150? What about 300? What about retirees? Well, they don't have to worry about retirees being millennials, okay? But if you're like a pet, like instead of being a pensioner, if you're a, uh, if, you, if you have a trust fund, if you're a trust fund baby and you're a millennial, you know, and maybe it doesn't count as income, but you can borrow against it. Or maybe you have a mansion and a yacht, you know, and you only have a, a measly allowance enough to fill the gas tank. It's complicated. And the truth is it is complicated. And when I teach this, I would hold up a pen or something, and I would say, okay, what do we know if we know everything about this pen? What else do we know? Okay, do we know, how close are we to omniscient? And everybody says, oh, that's, that's only just, just one pen. It's, it's not, you don't know anything. Well, actually you do, because the relational, the relational qualities of that pen, like who built it, who designed it, how did, how did he get into, interested in design, he or she? How did, what were their parents? Were they interested in it? Where did they go to school? What's the, what's the answer in the school? But, but then, you know, how, what percentage of the mass of the universe is this pen? How far is it from the center of the sun? There's, all, there's literally an infinite number of variables you can create on even one item. So how do you sort that all out? And the answer is you don't. And that's a good point. We have over a thousand variables in our database and over 500 variables in the third-party data source. And of course, most of them are garbage. No offense to Stephen Yu; doesn't have anything to do with him. It has to do with you throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And you know, there's a diminishing returns. You've got RFM, and after that, it all kind of goes downhill. You know, even the kind of item that they buy. You know, we have to have multiple groupings, multiple dimensions of product description product category in order to get a good picture of different markets within our customer base. How old is young enough? How old is rich enough? Absolutely difficult. And then you can throw 
a couple more in there, and you can simultaneously consider, you know, in your head, you can only handle four or five variables and comprehend the interactions. And I defy you to even do that. You know, when it comes to hundreds or thousands, it's clearly a job for computers. Absolutely right. And the other base great thing is, is that we can throw the results in from the last mailing and we can build a model and we can show you what mattered in the last one. And we can show you the silly stuff, but we can also show you the, the solid stuff, okay? And he says any gains chart would show you clearly where the where the line should be drawn for the cutoff when you're trying to actually build a circulation model. Now, one of our enhancements, and I would recommend this to Stephen, is that we don't use gains we don't use gains charts with scores. What we do is we show the profitability of different combinations of variables, discrete and discrete groupings rather than scaled variable impact like a regression model would do. Okay, so you can see here's the profitability of this discrete group. So within recency, we'll find old names that are on target spot on, like like when Dick Cabela, he was only mailing the 12-year, 12 12-month, 12, 12 one-year buyers, and we showed him that if they bought muzzle loaders four years ago, they were they were great. And because he hadn't been mailing them, they were better than the hotline. Because the muzzle loader is a high ticket hunting item. So if he's mailing hunting, it works great. If he's mailing footwear, it didn't work at all. Okay. So bottom line is you want to have, you know, define who to talk to, absolutely, and then decide what to say to them, absolutely. But have in your arsenal something that can tell you what variables are mattering in spite of your own perspectives on the, on the game. And that's crucial. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks again to Adweek for their for their performance marketing category. They're the only ones talking about direct marketing, and and uh, and I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye bye.